Would you stand with me? Open your Bibles to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, we'll be looking at verses 37 through 39. I just want to thank Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen for allowing me to come tonight and speak a word to you. Hallelujah. I pray that y'all will all still be here when I'm done. <laughs> Woo! You know, sometimes you speak a word and it, and it scares you. And this word is, is no exception to that. It's a very exciting word. Are you there in John chapter 7? Well, let's read the word starting in verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it continue to lead us and guide us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Where we understand, Lord, your will for our lives, God, and the reason why you gave us the Holy Spirit to direct and guide us, to comfort us, to bless us, to guarantee our salvation and our eventual arrival to the place that you have gone before us and, and prepared for us. Father, have your way in us, Lord. By the power of the Holy Spirit and the understanding of this word, may we be closer to you, Father. Mm. May we be conformed to the very image of your Son. That it's no longer us that live, but him through us. By the power of your Holy Spirit in us, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It ought to be your hope and your desire to be everything that God created you to be. You know, the world tries to hand us a bill of goods and say, you know, follow your own heart. Yeah, but they changed their mind when Hitler came around, didn't they? <laughs> I just like to throw that out there. You know, where people that follow their own heart God says, you don't even know your heart. He says, only I know the heart of a man. And he, then he went on to say stuff that, that wasn't too good about what's going on inside of our hearts. And so he said, I'm going to send you my spirit. He's going to take up residence inside of you and lead you into all truth. And a lot of people, he said, you don't need a man to teach you. He says, I'll lead you in all truth. Now, a lot of people use that. They'll all go off down their merry way. And they're not being led by the Spirit. Because God didn't want you to go lolly da off into the woods somewhere and...
become some kind of ineffectual vegetable. He wanted to use you to bring glory to his name and people into his kingdom. You know, people come up to me and they have all kind of wild theories and about how they should run their lives and, and how life is and who God is. But I look at the fruit of their lives. And I go, how many people you want into the Lord? I don't know about you, but over at KC, that's what we do. That's who we are. Oh, come on, somebody. Our life ain't just all about us and what we think and, and how we should live. Like, like if somebody handed us the presidency of the world, that we would do such a great job. Without the Holy Spirit's leadership, yeah, he didn't come inside you so that you could be led by yourself. <laughs> oh, I got the Holy Ghost and... And I, you know what, it ain't about you. He said he'll lead you in all truth and he will reveal things about me. That's what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit's not going to talk about himself. He's not going to talk about you. He's going to talk about me. And you got to understand, man, when your lives and your focus become all about you, you've lost the Holy Spirit. Oh, snap, did I say that out loud? <laughs> This is about you and your stuff, man. That is not God. Now, God will take care of you, but he wants to trust you with the things of the kingdom so that you can take care of his kingdom. He'll give you a slice of the pie if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. You know, some of our lives are empty, and, they, and, and we, just, we just float around, and we, and we wonder, and we still waver, and we wonder what the truth is, and we wonder if we can live this life because we're not following anybody. We're not following the leadership that God has given to us. You know, Joshua, on the battlefield, there was somebody dressed in armor that showed up. And he said, whose side are you on? Are you for me and against me? And he went to draw his sword against God himself. He says, I ain't with you, Joshua. He says, I'm the captain of the Lord's army. Whose side are you on? And Joshua realized who he was talking to, bowed down his knee and said, oh, 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 forgive me, God. You know, and this set of pattern in the Bible that's been from Genesis to Revelations. It's about who you follow and about who you going after. Not that you all that great and all that mighty and stuff, but it's not, you know, I did it my way or I followed my own heart and all that crazy kind of stuff that the world teaches us. But it's all about who you following. And if you're following the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, <laughs> I don't want you to get confused. I'm talking about Jesus. Okay. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just got to explain something to people. We all following Jesus. Yo, Pastor Daniel's in charge. Dr. Morocco's in charge. You know, who, who died and made them God? Nobody. They know who they are. They are following hard after Jesus. And they're teaching you to do likewise. They've taught me to do likewise. Mm. Whoa. No, I feel the Holy Spirit up in here. Awful strong. You're going to follow somebody. The question is, is who you going to follow? 
And there's a lot of people who claim to be all this stuff, and their life is messed up. They get on television, they look good, they act good, but God said, you know what, they messed up. He said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He says, when you know the truth about people, you won't be following people around. You know, tomorrow's not promised you. But what is promised you is that when you end this life, you'll know where you're going. And you'll know to if you belong to whom you're supposed to belong to, that final outcome, no matter when it comes, no matter where it's at, you have this blessed assurance by the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch out now. I don't know about you, but, but I know. Now, can I prove it? I don't know. I, I have something inside of me that bears witness to me. That when I end my life here, when I breathe my last here, I'll breathe my first in heaven. And God will look at me and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Whoa! You know, nobody else can say that. Your mama can't say that to you. Your little circle of, of friends can't say that to you. There's only one Lord and one Savior. His name is Jesus. And if you're not doing what you're doing because if you're motivated by him, then you might not be doing right. Mm. Yeah, this is just, this, this is just getting started. Because so many people are led astray by people. Do you know why I'm in this church? Because God called me here. Do you know why I serve in this church? Because that's where God called me to serve. You know, you know God blessed Pastor Daniel, who, who discipled me to the best that he could. I'm a hard case. I don't know about you. You know, and he will, he will say, you know, you know, Pastor Vince, you know, I trust him. That's why I let him preach on Wednesday night. But it wasn't always like that. Okay, I've come through a hard way, through, through the thorns and through the thickets, crawled myself out of the weeds, and became a person that, that God could use. And my wife says, man, every place you go, everybody you deal with, now I've only been in two churches, okay, in my whole life, you know, and she says, wherever you go, now she's not just talking about church, but because of the spirit of God on my life, she says, wherever you go, they make you a leader. And I said, nay. I said, nobody makes me a leader. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I find out what it takes to be in leadership, and I do that. And she says, you, you, you find out what it takes in, it, in leadership, and you do that. But still, people have to, have to put you in leadership. They're over you. I said, you know what? I said, nobody puts me in leadership. I said, Jesus puts me in leadership. It's God that endorses me. Pastor Daniel, Dr. Morocco are, are men of God. And I'm just picking two. There's, there's a whole bunch of them. But it just so happens that I follow hard after these two. You know, and when Pastor Daniel asked me that when I wanted to do something, I asked him, are you sure? Are you sure it's God? Because sometimes God will speak to that man. And I haven't gotten a word yet. And so I'm just saying, like, you know, Pastor Daniel, are you sure it's God? And he goes, yeah, and you know, I can take him at his word because I know he don't do nothing. Let's hear from God. And I had to learn that over a period of time. I told you 
that I wasn't always the way that I am. Okay. Dr. Morocco called me one day and says, I'm going to make you a pastor. I said, Dr. Morocco, you know, as soon as I hear his voice, I start crying anyway. You know. I said, Dr. Morocco, are you sure? And he says, Minister Vince, I am making you a pastor. You know. Okay, Dr. Morocco. You know, and the rest of the conversation, I don't know too much of. I hung up the phone, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. You know, and I started running to God, and I asked him what his deal. Why am I telling you all this? Because in everything that I do, in every place I go, I have to be led by the Spirit. I got to know that it's God. I mean, I got to know that it's God when I'm sitting in Hawaii, and it's 85 degrees, and I get a call from, from Pastor Daniel, says, do you want to come to Alaska? And something inside of me said yes, before I had a chance to say no. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? And I was never leaving Hawaii. Never. My claim to fame was that I was in Hawaii and being from Cleveland. You know, my sister, you know, she's very successful, you know, college graduate, you know, and all kind of things like that. And, and she called me one day and she says, I own an apartment building and I have a yacht. I'm not joking. Somebody, somebody practically, one of my uncles practically gave her a yacht. I don't know how my uncle got the yacht. We don't ask questions like that. Okay. <laughs> And she said, you know, you know, you know, what, what's going on in your life? And so you got to know my little sister. I know what she was saying. You know, she was pulling that card out on me. She was like, yeah, I'm your little sister. I got a college degree. And I la, 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 la. I said, and all of a sudden God spoke to me. And I said, ah, and I relaxed. When I was fixing it, I had nothing. I had no cards to play. Okay, except for this. I said, where do you live? And she said, what are you talking about? I said, where do you live? And she goes, oh, it's like that. Yeah, because I was living in Hawaii, Jack. You know, <laughs> and she was, she was still in Cleveland with her yacht, her little apartment building. But I was living in Hawaii, living on the beach. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And I said, you, if you live in Cleveland, you would know what I'm saying. She couldn't beat where I was at with a baseball bat, Jack. <laughs> I said, God set me up for success. I want you to know. No matter what people have said about you, what they think about you, God is setting you up for success when you yield to the power of his Holy Spirit. I can't stand. I don't know how people do that. They preach the word of God and they leave out every place where the Holy Spirit says you have power. Amen. Jesus said you shall receive power. Amen. After that, the Holy Ghost, not before that. Ooh. After that. I don't know what you're seeking at, but I would seek the Spirit of God with all my heart, with all my might. I don't care what I've been taught or where I was going. I said, I knew that there must be more than just going through life and just going through and learning how to deal with circumstances, situations. Man, you just got to, you know, if you get, you get knocked on, you got to roll with the punch and all that kind of stuff. I needed to do some punching. I don't know about you, but I needed some payback. I needed some muscle, man. I'm saying, no, God, I said, no. I, I never read anywhere where Jesus showed up and it wasn't with power. And I said, we're the body of Christ. We're his church. We're supposed to represent him. And I said, we're supposed to act like him, do what he did as a church. And if we're his body, where's the power? I said, something's got to be different. And that's when I came to KC, I saw a different thing. 
I saw people laying hands on the sick and saw them recover. And it wasn't no iffy thing. Well, you know, God, if it be your will, you know, Lord, if this, people weren't praying like that. They was praying like they knew somebody. They were praying like they had some, some acquaintance that, you know I, know, I know I didn't see nothing on them. And I, they look different. They just look like men, just like any other body does. But man, when they prayed, they act like they knew something I didn't know. And they prayed with authority. And when they prayed with authority, man, I seen people get straightened up. I seen people act right. I seen people, when they wrong mind, come to their right mind. I said, that ain't never happened before. And they laid hands on me a couple of times, man. I even got straight. Ooh. Whoa, I don't know what that was. I can't explain it. I don't have any scripture for it, but I know it was good. Hallelujah. Whoa. You know, wow. You know, that thing is fine. It, it, but it matters not that you go down on the floor, not that you get goosebumps, but it, it's about getting up and being able to fulfill God's will for your life. I had never been able to do that. I mean, I was like, I was like Paul. He says, I was trying to do good, and I still was messing it up. And I said, God, how do I get it right? He said, you're going to have to submit to my spirit. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I heard about the Holy Spirit. And I, and I heard that, that God would release power through you. But I, I didn't realize that he would release power through me. I'd seen him release power through other people. But what about me? I've seen other people overcome a whole bunch of stuff and walk in a certain way. But what about me? It's good to see you. How you been? Praise God. And what God will do through your life and transform you when he can trust you is he'll release power through you. And you don't have to sit back with a box of popcorn and watch the show. You can come in and be a part of the show. I said, what? I said, you wanted to use me? I want you to know that God wants to use you. When you go down to the grocery store and you're trying to find a vegetable and somebody comes up to you and asks you, you know, can I help you? It's like Jesus sitting at the well. Can you help me? <laughs> I got something for you that if you let me help you, you will never need help again. Whoa. There's a thirst inside of us. There is this thing inside of us that says, it's not like, we're not the way we're supposed to be. If you read back in Genesis, it says that let us make man in our image. In the image of God, let, them, let us make them like us. Adam was not powerless. When we were, were not powerless, we were given authority. We were given rule over the earth. And he says, man, if you name a thing, that's what it is. He says, you have the power to subdue the earth. And so we were given power from day one, or whatever day that was we was on. <laughs> but God gave us power so that we could act like him and talk like him. And then something happened where we gave away that power to the enemy, and we became subject to him so that we couldn't live up to the expectations that God aspired us to be like him. What is God? God is a ruler. Okay. Oh my goodness. God wants us to be like him. And there's no such thing as being like God without. Oh yeah, let it sneak up on you like that. Let it slide in there. Don't act like you're afraid to say it. 
because it's in like God's word power. So that when the enemy stepped up in your house, you realize that you have power over him in the name of Jesus. Woo-wee! Hallelujah. I see faith in this house. You have power. Say it with me. Power. Oh, some of y'all getting this. Let's say it again. Power. I like to use that Darth Vader thing. Power. You shall receive power after that. You know when you say it, man, it's like, whoa, whoa, ooh, Mufasa. You know, it's not like that. I, I, I feel it. There's some strength. You shall receive power. Yeah. Oh, oh, that feels, that feels a lot better than, oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> you can go along like, no, but you can go along like, oh. Ooh. And if you're spirit-led and spirit-guided, God will release his power through you. Let me say just one more thing. I used to lead my own self around. And I used to do what I thought was right. None of that ever released power through my life. All I, none of it. I was, I'm so smart, no power. Or I'm so strong and good looking, no power. Oh no, when your baby's sick, you need power. I don't care what people, I'm God. Yeah, when your baby's sick, you need real power. Because God will change. I don't, oh, good Lord. Then people out there talking about, yes, I'm God. I, I, um, I, you can't be God without no power. Mm-hmm. That's why you ain't God. Let me get to this story because this is great. When, when, when Jesus stood up on the last day of the feast... <laughs> you know, and he kind of equated, and you'll watch Jesus when he does this. When he kind of equates the Holy Spirit and, and water, he always putting those two things together. He stopped at a woman at the well and, and, and started talking about water, changed the conversation to worship, went back to water. But what he said, those who worship him was worship him in, and all of a sudden, Boom, comes the spirit out of, the, out of this everyday conversation about water. Now, water is about what? 75% covers the whole earth. It is mostly water. <laughs> Your body is, what, 80 to 85%, somewhere around there, 79% water. 70% of the earth is covered by water. A tree is about 75% water. You know, the chicken at KFC, when it was alive, it's about 70% water. Yeah, I know you go to KFC, pay all that money, then get a dry piece of chicken. Something is wrong. <laughs> a pineapple is about 80% water. 60% of your body is water, 80% of your brain is water, 80% of your blood is water, and literally 90% of your lungs is water. And water on the earth is seemingly everywhere. 
You know, even in Alaska, it's in a different form, but it's here. <laughs> and it's here in abundance. There's not a small piece of water in Alaska, Jack. It's all big, and it's all great, and it's all around us, and we see it every day. Water. And water represents the Holy Spirit. It, it's crazy to me that there's, God is omnipresent. And do you know that there's no place you can go and get away from his spirit? Every place you go and everything you do, the spirit is around somewhere. He's, as a matter of fact, better said, he's around everywhere. But what are we tuned into? You know, a lot of times we're locked into our problem, into our situation. And we're not locked into the omnipresent power of God in his Holy Spirit. There is no situation, no circumstance that God doesn't have an answer for. Jesus said, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to send him to you. He's going to be like me except for he's going to be everywhere all the time. As a matter of fact, so that you know he's going to take up residence inside of you and be with you. And Jesus was talking to this lady about water, started talking about the the spirit, what did she say about the water? She said, he said, I'll create a well inside you. As a matter of fact, I will make you a well, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. He said, man, I'll give you a source to quench your thirst that never runs dry. You will never be thirsty. You will never be in lack. Jesus stood up on the last day of the feast and said, if you're thirsty, I'm going to give you water. If you're thirsty, I'm going to release the power of my Holy Spirit to you. If you're thirsty, not if you wishy-minded. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if the power of the Holy Spirit exists or not. You know, what is your proof, you know? <laughs> now... It's okay for anybody else to ask that, but for Christians to ask that is crazy. In Genesis, when God was creating the earth, he said the Holy Spirit hovered over the water. Oh, good Lord. Ah! Wow, the Holy Spirit is in Genesis? Wow, and don't let me, don't let me stop there. I mean, you can go all the way through the Bible when you get to Revelations, man. It's almost, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. <laughs> I was messed up. I was tore from the floor up. I don't know if I was here or in heaven or where I was at. I was in the spirit. There are places the spirit will take you that no. Hmm. I ain't trying to go to France. I'm not trying to go to the Virgin Islands. I'm trying to get in the spirit and remove the limitations off of my life. I want some power. I want some living water. I want to be able to speak life. <laughs> I want to come into a dark room and turn the light on, baby. I want to be like God who spoke in Genesis, let there be light, way before he created the sun. That's, that's a level of, of power that is just like crazy. He just said, let there be light, and the light came on, and there wasn't no source. It was just him. He just said, let there be light, and light just came. Boom. Hey. You know. And God wanted us to be like him. He said, you're going to walk in a room of darkness, 
You know, some of us work in a vortex of darkness, our jobs. And God set us up. And I know that you go to the job and get beat up. Oh, yeah. I used to work in the world. Oh, you a Christian, huh? <laughs> and people are laughing at you. And people are making you feel small. I want you to know that intimidation is going to come. But you cannot trust what you hear people who don't know God say. As a matter of fact, if they're saying it, and it's not based on the word of God, it's a lie. It's not true. As a matter of fact, you can believe that even the opposite is true. That's all people reveal to me when they tell me a lie is what the truth is. You know, even the enemy he comes and tells me and reminds me of my past. He says, he's, he's lying to you. You know, anything the devil says to you is a, he's the father of lies. And you know how you know it's the devil? Because it's not in here. Even if you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you got this. And you can discern whether or not it's from God or not. But when you got the Holy Spirit, people will start talking to you, and it'll sound like they're telling the truth, and there'll be this inner witness inside of you that goes, ah, that's a lie. <laughs> oh, you know, the Holy Spirit ain't got to shout. He's a part of you. He just whispered to you, that's a lie. That ain't no good. I don't care how they dress. I don't care if they got on a three-piece suit and a nice pop tie. The Holy Spirit will tell you when somebody is lying to you, and he'll tell you when somebody is telling the truth, whether or not you want to hear it or not. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. You know, I'm probably different than the way Pastor Daniel would say it. If you ain't got nobody in your life telling you the truth, something is wrong. He, Pastor Daniel says somebody ought to have your slap card and tell you while you run in your mouth. Yeah, 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 somebody. And you go, what'd you do that for? What's wrong with you? How are you thinking? Oh, yeah. The ruin of many Christians is that they isolate themselves from people who will tell them right from wrong. Bad mistake. You will, long, you will rule the day you walk away from somebody slapping you upside your head. You will rule the day when you fall out of counsel, out of godly counsel. Now, I'm going to tell you what godly counsel will do. It'll rub you the wrong way. It'll tell you that you're wrong and God is right. You're still looking at people and stuff like, how dare him talk to me like that? And God's trying to send you a message. Just straighten it out. Straighten it out or go astray. You know, I'm messing with some devils in this place. Hallelujah. Anybody was like me, rebellious, nobody could tell you right from wrong? Left from right, even though every decision that you made was like stupid. Okay, <laughs> you know, you know, lost every love you ever had because you was doing it your way. I'm just telling you from experience. Was tough on the outside and just weak and just on the inside, just, just fragile. Just because fragile people shield themselves off from other people. The world will lie to you. Fragile people shield themselves off from other people. They can't have other, other people in their lives because they're fragile. 
They in the room in their lives and stuff. They all broken up inside and they don't want to be around people. If God didn't want you to be around people, you should be one of those other religions where you get your own planet. This ain't it. You don't get your own planet. <laughs> That's so stupid. Okay, but I'm, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes if you say stuff out loud, it, it'll make you see how senseless it is. You know, like, I'm God. I'm God. I'm God. Whoa. Because if I was God, I would be doing stuff a whole lot different than what I don't know about y'all. But some stuff just automatically said, that ain't right. <laughs> I didn't even have to be saved. Wait a minute. I'm, I look at me. Oh, you're God too. Okay, now there's two of us. <laughs> and if I had to vote, I would never vote me as God. <laughs> Are you kidding? That is a trip. Okay, I'm playing with pet peeves here. I'm sorry. I'm going to get back to the word. Here, but I'm telling you, don't be led astray by every wind of doctrine. Even in your own heart. Be led by the Holy Spirit. God's given you a Holy Spirit who will lead you in all truth. Now, God will tell you the truth, but you have to listen to the truth. Let me say that again. God will tell you the truth, but you have to listen to the truth. Let me tell you what the truth will do. The truth is going to rub you the wrong way. Watch out for truth that agrees to, with you and your philosophy. Watch out, because that ain't real truth. That's fake truth. It's called deception. You will be deceived. Because, you know, you think you got a special revelation from the word of God. And you may have, but the revelation that you receive will be based on the word of God and will completely line up with the word of God. Not with your far off, spacey theory. That I believe that God exists in a black hole, in a wormhole in space. And through that wormhole in space, if I go through that wormhole, A, you will never go through a wormhole. Because they couldn't have a, they haven't created a vehicle that could get you there. And two, just because you brought up that idea, you've had other ideas that were really crazy. Okay, what makes you think this idea that you have is so great? I'm just saying. Okay, watch out for your own ideas, okay, you know. And then you get around people that agree with you. Yes, I think your crazy idea is really good. Whoa, you know, you need to nick some people out of your life. You need somebody that when you come up with a crazy idea will go. And in my case, that's why God created wives. That's why God created wives. So while I'm sitting there thinking of my crazy idea, my good, excuse me, my good idea. You know, I'm coming up with my wormhole theory. My wife will just simply re lean across the table and go, come here. And I'll lean over and she'll go, what in the world are you thinking up there? Come back to earth. Y'all think I'm crazy, but God says it's not good for a man to be alone. I've seen y'all, how y'all act when y'all buy y'all. <laughs> It's not good. Y'all need to read Genesis in another light. <laughs> he looked at the man and said, dude, you know what? I can't leave you by yourself. <laughs> you need some help. <laughs> and he looked at man and said, I cannot trust you with anybody else but myself. So I'm going to put me inside of you. 
to lead you and guide you into all truth. Wow. That's a loving, caring God. I'm going to tell you today, I spent more time ignoring God than I did obeying Him. But I have obeyed Him. But I spent more time ignoring Him. And we, we all got to go through this process of where we stop ignoring God and start obeying God and then things will be different in your life. Do you know if you start obeying God, knowing that voice inside of you, and you can't know it, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and another's they will not obey. There's other voices out there, but you don't obey them. You only obey the voice of the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Hallelujah. When you start obeying God, God will release power through you. How many times are you going to say that? Are you going to get to the next point? David wrote this. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God never lets go. Like water, God's spirit is everywhere. You see, even in the desert, got you covered. Because Jesus said, I will make rivers in the desert. Now, I wonder why he used that word rivers. Because you're not looking for a river. You just, you just need a cup. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, maybe a canteen. But he said, I'll make rivers in the desert. Man, I'll make water flow through you. Oh, my goodness. And I'll only flow it to you. I'll flow it through you to the flood stage, baby. I'll, I will put you into the river of life that never quits. And ain't no devil can quench it. Woo. Romans 8, 9 says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you do not belong to Christ. Okay. You know, why did I say it like that? Why did I change the way I say it? So you pay attention to me. Because I don't want you leaving here thinking, well, you know, it's optional whether I have the spirit or not. Now, people will tell you that when you get saved... The spirit takes up inside of you. And I like the way Jim, Jim LaFoon said this. It's just like having a piece of equipment that's plugged into power. This is how it is. You have the Holy Spirit. You're connected to power. But what's between you and that machine working is called something, an on and off switch. And you can have all the power of the universe available to you and not turn it on. Oh, it's there. It, it, you got plugged into it when you got saved. But there's this little switch inside of you. <laughs> it's inside of you. And if you will click that bad boy on, all of a sudden you will make music. Oh, yeah, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
that which is in you has been energized, turned on. I'm telling you, it feels a lot better than this. When you, you throw that switch on it. What did you say? Satan. Oh! You oh! say, see, even Satan said, nothing, nothing, not me. I didn't say anything. Who? Praise God. I'm being entertaining. You, Robert Louis Stevenson, you know who that is? That's the guy that wrote Treasure Island and stuff like that, you know, swashbuckling, you know, crazy movie. It's crazy. He also wrote, same guy wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Can you believe that? I didn't know that. I knew he, Treasure Island part, but I didn't know the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde part. He wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Crazy guy. Did you know he once was a Christian? Do you know he was raised up in a Calvinist home? Robert Louis Stevens, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Whew, scary. Okay. But look at this. As he grew older, he began to have, as he described it, doubts about his doubts. For all his claim to wisdom, the wisdom of the world couldn't satisfy the answers in his spirit and couldn't answer the questions of life. In this, because the world couldn't satisfy the thirst in his life, he returned to God later. Robert Louis Stevenson would say this, there is a God who is manifest for those who care to look for him. And he described his own religious outlook as cast iron faith. Notice there was at first a Robert Stevenson, what is his name? Robert Louis Stevenson who didn't believe in God. But after he experienced some things out in the world and the world couldn't satisfy him, he then returned to God who never really left hold of him. There is a line of people that you're going to follow going to change their mind. And you're going to be left out there in the, in the desert somewhere. <laughs> Did you guys watch Forrest Gump? Did you guys watch Forrest Gump? All them people was, was following him while he was running. And he was running, running, running. And then he came to a certain point and he stopped. And he turned around and decided to go home. And they all stood there and looked confused. Yeah. That's what happens when you follow people. <laughs> they change your mind and leave you out there somewhere. <laughs> Looking like... Ooh, ooh. But you got to be led by the Spirit here, you know. God tells us that without His Spirit, all of us would have a thirst that could not be satisfied. But when, but when you look to satisfy your thirst, it can only be fulfilled in one place. That's in God's Holy Spirit. An insupplable source, a stream of living water flows out of the kingdom of God. If you read about this river of water, you read about the water of life, all the way from Genesis, all the way through Revelations. Okay, and, and God is trying to 
reveals something to us. That there is, he says, even I will create in you a river of a, a, a wellspring, springing up to life that flows out of you. He says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of, not a little bit, not a drop, not a cup, not a teaspoon. He said, but rivers of living water will flow out of you. Out of you. Out of you. Your question is, as my question was, how do I flick the switch? You know, I believe in the power of God, but how do I flick the switch? I'm glad you asked that question. I want you to know that, first of all, you got to know that you're saved. And the Spirit gives you assurance of salvation. In Ephesians chapter 1, the latter part of verse 13 and all the way through verse 14, it says, Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promise of the Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Because of scripture, you have no doubt that God loves you. He sealed you. He has given you a guarantee. He has given you a Holy Spirit so that you can know. So that you know that when God talks to you, you know it's him. I, I have failed to find anybody. Unless they're deceived that God doesn't talk to them. Now I'll be careful about you. Because I've run into people that says, well, I can't hear God. You know, now I'm telling you this. If there's a problem with you hearing God, the problem ain't on God's end. Oh, snap. You don't hear God's voice? The problem is not on God, but God's really thinks He said, my sheep hear my voice. Period. Dot. Bam. Done. Settled. Don't, you don't have to go through no philosophical thing. Jesus said, my people hear my voice. Does God speak to me? That don't matter. He's got to speak to you audibly. How does he speak to you? If you ain't hearing the voice of God, something is wrong. You need to tap into the source. Your, your, your switch ain't flicked. And the only person that can turn it on is you. Those who hunger and thirst. Jesus stood up on the last day of feast. He said, come to me. All ye. If you're thirsty, he said, come to me. Maybe you've been going to the wrong place to get your, 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 your switch flipped. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But if you can't hear the, the voice of God, something is wrong. Because you should be hearing him. And you should be obeying him. How can you obey God if you don't hear God? These are the only words on the paper without the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm just, I'm just telling you what the truth is. Okay, I don't know. You ain't got to amen me and say it because I, I just read it right out of here. You know, <laughs> you know, you got to be saved. When they asked Peter, how should I be saved? He said, repent and be baptized. In Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, you know, read it for yourself. You've received the Spirit not because of what you know, not because how righteous you are, not because the, the preacher said so, or not because of the church that you go to. You're assured by God or you're not assured by all. 
If you don't have the witness inside of you that says you're a child of God, then something is wrong. I shouldn't have to stand up here and convince you that you're a child of God. You ought to know that you're saved. You ought to know that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And if you don't know that, we can take care of that in just a few minutes. Just give me a minute here. Hallelujah. The Spirit connects you to God. Well, how do you know that? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 16. Write it down. Who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit? Okay. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And it goes on to say, we have the mind of Christ. I have fellowship with God because I've tapped into God. His spirit inside me means I'm accepted by God. It implies that I have a purpose in my life, that I can hear God's voice. Yeah, um, well, why, why do we need um, pastors and why do we need teachers and why do we need prophets and why do we need evangelists? So we build up to the place where we can follow hard after God. It's just like this. The Bible says you're a part of the body. You're not the whole body yourself. You're just a part of the body. You might be the heart. You might be the pancreas. You might be other parts, whatever they are. You're just a part. So you weren't made to work on you by yourself. But the Spirit of God calls you by His Spirit to be a part of a particular body of people so that y'all can work together to get the job done. Who? You're a part. Say, I'm a part. Yeah, and you ought to know it. The only person that convinces it, can convince you of it is the Holy Spirit. And you got to have this Holy Spirit saying, you're a part. Because other parts of the body might tell you that you ain't a part. You can't listen to them. Just because they're a part, don't mean that you're not a part. And if you're a part, you ain't going to be telling another part that they ain't a part. Because that's not being led by the Spirit. God adds to the church daily. You're sitting by somebody that God added to the church. Now, you might not agree with them, and you might not think like they think, and maybe you shouldn't. But it ain't your providence to be able to say that they shouldn't be a part of the body. I'm not coming to church if that person is coming to church. Did the Holy Ghost tell you that? I said, did the Holy Ghost tell you that? Are you listening to God or are you listening to yourself? Because I heard a lot of people say, I ain't going to that church if what you call it is going to that church. That ain't none of your business. That ain't none of your beeswax. Hallelujah. You ought to be concerned with you hearing his voice. Be careful. You will be tested. There is a quiz coming of whether or not you hear God's voice or not. You will be tested because somebody sitting close to you, somebody in this room is going to step on your toes. Somebody in this room is going to steal your seat, park in your parking spot. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to rub you the wrong way, and you're either going to listen to them or you're going to listen to God. You're either going to obey them or obey God. God's Spirit makes you righteous. 2 Corinthians 3.9 tells us that the Holy Spirit has the ministry that brings righteousness. See, God's objective is to make you right. What determines if you're right or not if you're following this? I'm going to tell you something. 
And this is where people mess up. That you can't do this without God. It's written in here in plain sight. But you can't do it without God. Go ahead and try. Now the Jews in the Old Testament tried. They tried to do all that stuff. Kill sheep every day. And, and do all that kind of crazy stuff. And all kind of stuff that, that we wouldn't even try to do today. It's just, it's just fruitless. You cannot do what God has asked you to do without God. That's why he put himself inside of you through the Holy Spirit so that you would have guidance that comes from him so that you would be empowered to do what he's told you to do. Because without him, you can't obey him. Just a little something. That's why Jesus said, wait, wait, wait. Don't go off half cock. Wait, wait, wait till I give you the Holy Spirit. Look at this in Galatians chapter 5. He tells us that we should walk in the spirit. You gain righteousness by walking in the spirit. How can you walk in the spirit? By obeying the spirit. He says, how do you know it's the, 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 it's, it's the spirit? Well, it's got, there's nine fruits. Love, joy, peace, happiness. Oh, yeah, that list of nine things. If it's outside that list of nine things, it ain't the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't have peace. That's not God. Something is wrong, and God may take away your peace so that you would realize that something is wrong, and there's only one way to get peace back and start walking in the Spirit. That means you say, okay, God, I missed something, or something happened that destroyed my peace. I need my peace back, so what do I need to do? And God will give you a plan. He will give you an action plan. He'll say, repent, or he'll say, go do this and go do that. Go do what the last thing I told you to do. He'll give you instructions. And if you follow him, if you heed his voice, you'll get your peace back. You'll get your joy back. You'll get your love back. You'll get your kindness back. Some of y'all need a real fresh baptism of kindness. Y'all just mean. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you're being mean, your wife will tell you. I said, when you're being mean, your wife will tell you. Come on, Minister Michael, talk to me. Say, well, yeah, sometimes we don't know we being mean. Yeah. Well, girls can be mean too. I'm not saying that. I'm just speaking about what I know about. I don't know nothing about women. Ask my wife. Okay, uh, I can tell you about men. Okay, we can get mean. Oh, snap. John 14, 15. <laughs> He says, I will give you another comforter. You want to know what the Holy Spirit is like? He's like Jesus. It's not like you don't know him. Well, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Because he acts like, he moves like, he, 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 he deals with you like Jesus would deal with you. Man. Whoa. He'll lead you in a path, in a path of righteousness for God's sake. Let me close this thing up. But you know what? We read every day in the tabloids how people try to live their lives without God. And now they got all the money in the world. They have success, but they don't have fulfillment. Jesus is standing up in the last great. He speaks of the end times. And he's crying out to those who don't know him. He said, come to me. All you here are thirsty. He's, he's saying this to, to the people out there in the world. And we think they won't believe us, but believe me, they do believe you. It's whether or not they will hear his voice or not. There are some that's ready to hear his voice. And they're looking out in the world and they're going, man, this ain't right. I ain't, I ain't you know, I, I got money, I got cars. 
you know, I got Hugh Hefner sitting up in this little villa going, what the heck, man? This ain't right. I've had so many wives and all this kind of craziness, and I'm still not satisfied. Ooh-wee. You watch these beer commercials, and it's just like that. You know, beer commercials don't show any bar I've ever been in in my life. You know, everybody's happy. Everybody's having a good time. Ain't nobody drunk. It's, it's crazy. The kind of bill that they sold you, you, walk in, you don't have to walk in a bar to believe this. Take my word for it, Jack. They are not sober. They are not happy. You know, them people are meaner than church people. I'm not talking about just any kind of church people. I'm talking about church people without the spirit, without the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, walking in the spirit. Mm. Oh, testing all things to see if they are of the... Oh, yeah. Whew. The Bible says live by the spirit. Let us keep in step. With the Spirit. Mm. Well, Pastor Finch, you know, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Here is my close, the first close. Hallelujah. It says, and do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk. Okay? Don't be inebriated. Don't be intoxicated. Don't be out of your mind. Don't be in some crazy kind of stupor. Don't take recreational marijuana and lose your mind. Because there's a thief out there ready to steal it from you. We see people walking around in the street babbling and saying all kind of idiotic stuff. Don't know where they're at. You know why? Because they open their mind to something. I've been in the bars. I know. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dis dissipation or waste but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs how can you speak to somebody in a spiritual song and you ain't full of the spirit you know what speaking to somebody in a spiritual song sounds like do you know what a hymn is we bless the heavenly father that's a hymn Songs, I love the Lord. That's a song, but a spiritual song. It's a song of the Spirit. You can't do that without the Holy Spirit. I don't care what they tell you. Jesus. Paul said, I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray with the understanding. Oh, snap. What is that? What's that praying in the spirit thing that he says that we can do? Go to some of them Bible-believing people and it's the Holy Spirit has passed away. Well, how can you pray in the spirit? Oh, you can pray words that come from the spirit. Yeah, but how can you pray with the understanding and then pray with the spirit? Those are two different things. If you're speaking words you understand, it's not praying in the Spirit. Now, I'm not even a Bible scholar, and I can read the Bible and discern that. 
And I didn't go to school to unlearn what I see in Scripture. Oh, my goodness. Where are I at? Making melody in your heart and mind. Giving thanks always for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, you know, there's some unthankful, ungrateful people that's out there in the world. That's why they're not full of the Spirit, because they're unthankful and they're ungrateful. If you are unthankful and ungrateful, something is wrong with your spirit. You ain't walking with the Spirit of God. You know, be thankful for what God has put you through and how far you've came along. You're sitting in this sanctuary tonight. Be thankful because of that, that you're hearing the Word of God and you're learning to operate by the Spirit of God, not your own way. Your own way will lead you straight off a cliff, but God's way will leave you, will, will take you upward and ever beyond. You'll get beyond yourself. You'll begin beyond your circumstances. You become the man of God that God created you to be, or the woman of God He created, the wife. You know, if you ain't got the spirit, man, it's hard to be the wife that God has created you to be, you know, especially if you're watching television. They don't have real wives anymore. People that stay loyal, no matter how you treat them. They will still, by the Spirit of God, be led by the Spirit and still do the right thing. I don't know where it came through where people live with perfect people and as long as you've been treated perfectly, you will stay with those people. You have an enemy, a devil out there, and he fights against us. None of us perfect, and we all make mistakes. And oh, yeah, we like to judge people like, hey, okay, you know, since he did that to me, I'm going to do this. Or since he did that to me, I'm going to do this. Be led by the Spirit. That's why the Bible says. I'm almost done. I'm just explaining some things. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to get rid of this thing in a minute. Praise <laughs> Now watch this. I'm going to close here submitting to one another. Because that's where they're like, we hate that word, don't we? Submit. Ah, it's like we're giving something up. Do you know submitting to one another inside the church means that we're voluntarily taking up a strategic position where we're supposed to in the church. And when Jesus says submit to one another, he says you do your job, and let them do their job. Oh, snap. Submitting to one another means you do your job and you let them do their job. Your job is not to lead praise and worship. Leave Minister Michael alone. That's his job. Oh, I can't even sing, but I can sit there and comment about what Minister Michael is doing. You know, and he leads praise and worship all along. How would you know? What team are you leading? Okay, I'm just saying. Be careful that you don't cross a line where you're so involved with somebody else's job that you're not doing yours. Submitting to one another means letting people do their job while you do yours. And if you have enough trouble, if you're in the right job, it's enough trouble for you that where you ain't have to be concerned about what somebody else is doing, you're doing your job. And that's enough for you. And that's enough for you. Do your own job. Hallelujah, and I'm, and, I, and I'm done. Hallelujah. You can only be satisfied by drinking from Jesus. 
I like it like this. Don't be tapped into the branches. Be tapped into the vine. Get your nourishment. Get your marching orders. Get your position that God has for you from the vine. If your roots go down into living water, if you're tapped into the vine of Jesus from which you receive your substance, you won't need something from other people. Are you hearing me, church? Churches are destroyed because people are not doing what Ephesians tells them to do, submit to one another. Take up your position in the church. Do what God has called you to do. And if you're not ready to do that, stay in the church until you are equipped for every good work. That's why he gave you a pastor. That's why he sends prophets and, and teachers and, and, and evangelists and, and prophets to you so that you can be equipped for the work of the ministry. God wants to raise you up and reveal to you that you are a person of power. That you're not just something that the enemy can push over anytime he wants to, but you're like your heavenly father made you. There's a job for you to do. Submit to one another in love. Let the spirit of God lead you. And you know what? He will, he will destroy the you that destroys you. And creating you, the you that he created you to be, he will make you a man or a woman of God and release his power through you to change the world. Jesus took 12 guys, changed the world. Lost one, but he used those 12 guys, all of them, to change the world. And 11 guys would follow him to the, to the very end. They would stumble along the way. There's a lot more than 12 here. If we would submit to the one who called us and we do our job, the valley will be saved. Your family will be saved. That husband and wife will come back. If not, just like Job, God will make you another one. I know that ain't funny, but it's true. Let's allow the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us. Won't you stand as we close this service? Listen to me. You can't be led by the Spirit of God without God. You can't do it without Him. You need to humble yourself and admit that you need Jesus to be Lord over your life. And if you allow Jesus to be Lord over your life, He'll release the comforter, the power in your life to do what He's called you to do. You will no longer be powerless, no longer subject to this world, tossed to and fro. But you will be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You will have the mind of Christ and be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but you got to receive him tonight. If you're here tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want to accept this sacrifice, knowing that he died for you on the cross, but rose again and is alive forevermore and is ready and willing to give you the power to be resurrected just like he was to be made fresh and new to be born again if that's you and you want me to pray for you simply raise your hand and say pastor I want to be born again I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior anybody out there want to come to Christ tonight hallelujah there's another group of people out here 
Maybe you used to serve God, but you've fallen away, got caught up in the cares of this world, and you're wondering, well, if I ask Jesus to take me back, will he? Remember the story of the prodigal son. When his son came back to him, he who represented God opened his arms, ran out to meet his son, and brought him back home. God wants to bring you home tonight. If you want to rededicate your life to him and you want me to pray for you, raise your hand right now. I thank you for those hands. Hallelujah. I want everybody in this house to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you tonight to forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me for all my mistakes. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now, Lord, give me your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for all those that prayed that prayer, Lord. That whenever they make mistakes, God, they will never run from you. But they will always run to you to receive mercy, grace, forgiveness, and restoration. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've given them your Holy Spirit and you've taken up residence inside of them. From this day forth, not only them, but all of us in this house, Lord, we would hear your voice and obey God. We would know what your will is for our life because it will always line up to your word. We know by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Help us now to live for you. Help us, God, to grow up and to take our positions as we submit to one another, Lord. That we'll learn how to do our job and let others do theirs. We'll be led by the Spirit. We'll be full of the Spirit where there's love, joy, peace, happiness, goodness. And the nine fruits, Father. And also your release power through us, God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Also, Father, train us. Raise us up. Until we become full, mature men and women of God. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. And all in agreement said, Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here tonight. I'm going to have Pastor come and close us in prayer. Pastor Karen. Take someone by the hand tonight. Thank you so much, Pastor Vince. So it's a good word. Lord, we thank you so much for your word that's gone forth tonight. And God, I pray that you'd bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them, and give them peace. Keep them safe on the roads in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you this weekend. Be safe out there.